This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell. The show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. (laughs) So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Josh Whittakin, Rob Beckett. Very strong. Like a newsreader. Really strong. Um, So that is Fleur, to give you an indication of just... Uh, how many podcasts I've listened to during this period. My daughter Fleur just came into the room, stood in front of the mirror and said, BBC Radio 5 Live to herself. <laughs> so I took the opportunity to put her skills to good use and record your names in the podcast intro. She starts reception class in two weeks and is so excited. Uh, she's got the same energy as my daughter. That The way she delivered that was so confident and precise. It's a classic sort of like needs to go to school age. Where they are yeah. the absolute king and queens of their household. And they're yeah. like, I'm four and I can count to 100. <laughs> I know, actually, Dad, that's not, you needed lemons from the shop. You forgot lemons, actually. And you're like, shut up. You need to be knocked down a peg or two. Not your daughter. She sounds lovely. Well, she will be in two weeks. Uh, April Reardon Davis, his daughter, Fleur. They're from Sandback. As she, and she says, yes. The M6 services. Now, Rob, how yes. are you? All right, not too bad. It's been okay. Um, Shall I tell you a couple of things? Oh, it sounds like you've had a worse time than me. Go for it, Josh. No, I haven't had a worse time. I want to ask you about this. Yeah. So recently, we um, discussed whether you take your clothes off in the shower with your children or in the bath. Yeah. And you're a kind of Victorian. No, well, I'm not. The problem is it's become, as soon as I take my clothes off, all they do is talk about my bits, look at my bits, laugh at my bits, right? And it's yeah. a big conversation piece, which makes... I Is that because you've got weird bits or just that yeah. it's, it's unfamiliar? It's, yeah, I mean, probably I should not be sharing with an erection, but do you know what I mean? A body's a body, what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> just to make it clear, I'm not sharing for an erection with my, my, my children. Once again, every time we get off to a start that really sets the wrong tone to the podcast. Sorry, it's always me as well, isn't it? Right, no, because they just always, well, as soon as I get naked, it's just, they just talk about my bits and it becomes the focal point of what's going on. So it just, yeah. if they didn't mention it, I would happily shower 
naked, but and getting yeah. anyway. Sorry, what 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 have people been saying? Have, am I going to prison? Have no, 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 no. This isn't from people. This is just a a similar conundrum, and I wanted your view on it. Yeah, kissing your daughter on the lips. Um, yes, I do do that. I um, do do that, and I think it's fine. But occasionally, and it freaks me out. Because she hasn't got the technique down. She, she's got her mouth open and it feels... And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not... <laughs> this is not... No. Uh, that's, yeah, I know. And it's like, oh, like a wet one. You're like, oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. Where do you stand on that? I wanted to... I wanted well, I've never t- really thought about it because the eldest sort of just... She's an age sort of shies away if I try and kiss her. And I end up kissing like a cheek or on the head or something. But the youngest is very much a... Give us a kiss goodnight, and she's yeah. like full lips out, like smooch kiss goodnight. Yeah. I've not really thought about it, but I think it's fine. But there, there has got to be a cutoff. Well, I've got a friend, a comedian. Yeah. He still kisses his dad on the lips. Wow. He must be 40. His dad must be 65, 70. How do you feel um, about that? No, I'm not a fan of that. Like, I kiss my dad on the cheek. I give him a kind of kiss on the cheek. Yeah. Not on the lips. Yeah. I think kissing on the lips is quite an intimate thing to do. I don't think I've kissed Lou on the lips for about three years. You what? Maybe not three years, but sometimes we'll go a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's, it's a minefield, Rob. I'd, I'd like, I'd like um, you know, if, if our listeners have got any views on it. Well, I don't know if you're a fan of Sam Fair's Baby Diaries and ITVB. Josh, are you a fan of that show? I don't know what that is. It's not really your demographic, is it? You're more... It, it was, I'm not going to lie. It was a show that went... Further and further away from me watching it, the more your sentence continued. <laughs> okay, well, it's about Sam Fairs and Billy Fairs, two sisters from Towie that had children right. around the same time. And it was about them having about the mummy, the mummy diaries, it's called. That's what it's called, mummy yeah. diaries. Anyway, so Sam Fairs' husband on it, Paul, he's like 30 odd, still kisses his mum on the lips. And that was all in the paper and it was a big thing oh, of like, it? is that okay? Is that a normal thing? And they were very like, it's absolutely fine. It's just what they do. But each their own. But I think I'll probably start easing off the lips around like towards the age of about 10, potentially. And will will you do it by just moving slowly away from the lips? So you'll slowly move down the cheek over a number of years. And then once I get to ear, I'll come back to centre of cheek. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there we go. Um, We've we've got so much good correspondence. We should before we talk to Joe Brand, we should try and get through as much of it as possible, Rob. Oh right, yeah. Well, I've got some salty stuff as well. If you want salty, oh, okay. or should I save yeah. salty for Friday? Does Friday feel salty? Shall I do some? Would you like to hear some stuff about IVF and wanking? Yeah, let's do that, um, and then we could do some salty stuff later. I mean, it's a lot of salt all <laughs> across the board. <laughs> um, okay, hello. This is from Simram. I had IVF which my friends thought was hilarious. Basically, my side was done at Kingston Hospital. Then, my husband had to take my eggs in a heavy incubator on the SWR from Norberton to Clapham Junction, change onto the London Overground, then alight at Denmark Hill for King's College Hospital, where he (laughs) gave his sample. So he had to carry the eggs? Yeah, the hospital recommended public transport due to the traffic on the A3. What a way to create a life. Could have been worse. Could have been Kingston, Jamaica. <laughs> flying that home. Isn't that bizarre? That is mad. Just the thought of carrying like little eggs. Imagine like the, you know, like when you're carrying something you really don't want to get stolen. That is the height of that, isn't it? That can't be standard practice. Oh, imagine doing a commute, holding your wife's IVF eggs, and then you've got to have a wank in a cupboard. What a day. <laughs> 
you come down from that? Keep it home. How's your day? It's a long story. <laughs> so we've got we've got loads of these. So I can't read out them all, but there's ones with names like IVF Spaff Room Nightmare, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> what? So he's reckon they wrote that in, in their work emails. <laughs> I don't know. IVF but... Spaff Room Nightmare. <laughs> This is from Nick Chadwick, who I presume isn't the former Plymouth Argyle striker. Um, but if it is, welcome to the show, Nick. I just listened to the episode uh, on your IVF wank room story, so I thought I'd chip in my experience. Firstly, my nurse winked at me as she gave me the sample pot, which was a little bit off-putting, bearing in mind this was the most important wank of my life. Oh, I mean, it's a weird wank. It's a, not a weird, it's obviously a weird wank, but it's a weird wink, isn't it? And I think it depends very much on the nurse giving the wink. Well, it's it's quite carry on, isn't it? It's quite like Barbara Windsor might do that in Carol Wanking. Yeah, well, if you're an older nurse, say you're in your fifties or sixties, a little wink, and it's like a younger guy, it's almost enough like I know what you're going to do, but you've got to yeah. do it. Sort of yeah. like cuts attention. But if it's like a twenty-one-year-old nurse, yeah, that's yeah. a bit like, oh, sorry, have I just woken up in a fourteen-year-old's dream? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like one of those fake letters that used to get sent into Maxim magazine about people's sexual exploits. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Sex Mad Mickey's inbox. <laughs> you never guess. That's going to get a sample for the IVF for the old girl. Before you know it, this big boom woman came in winking at me before I knew it. I was having sex with her. Never happened. You're just writing bollocks. So, would you like a story from the other side of this? This is from someone who wants to stay okay. anonymous. Okay. I've just listened to episode 34 and the email from a listener who had IVF described the room her husband had to use um, to deposit a sample. I work in an IVF clinic as an embryologist and can confirm anything to do with the men's room is by far the worst part of the job. Ugh. Bizarrely, on our office pin board, we have a username and passwords to order magazines. Ooh. And a few times a year, one of us pulls the short straw and has to do a full clean out of the pawn drawer. I, I mean... Look- Right, clearing it out is a bad job. Ordering it has got to be the most fun job, isn't it? <laughs> Do you think? Well, yeah, yeah, imagine being in an office yeah. and just go, right, what are we getting? <laughs> You'll take you all, choose one each. <laughs> and then you'd definitely get a really weird one in there, a really niche one. Yeah, oh just yeah. Just like, and put it on the top and it'll be just like all feet. <laughs> just, <laughs> just feet, um, just a left foot. We feel, we feel... <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis DVD. <laughs> wanking in a wheelbarrow. Um, we frequently find the DVDs missing. Oh, uh, right. What kind of pond life yeah. is nicking pornography from the NHS? Haven't they been do through you know, enough? Do you know what? Do you know what? It's a nice memento when your child grows up. Hopefully go. it's not memento. That's a terrifying wank. <laughs> so it's IVF. This is, I'm ignorant to this because I, I haven't done IVF. Is it? Do you always have to pay for IVF or can you get it on the NHS? I think you can get it on the NHS in certain circumstances. So a lot of people pay for it because um, time is of the essence. I wonder if that impacts the level of porn you get <laughs> going private. Is it, a, is it a more dedicated one-on-one service, the pornography, or is it? I imagine there's a lamination process. <laughs> in the private sector um uh we so a lot of people have complained about the, the lack of uh, ability to use their phones in these situations but uh, in our emails uh but has said we can't let patients use the wi-fi because the content would be associated with us as a business oh. so that's why no, none of yeah. you can't be using the wi-fi because people would be looking at all the sites you visited but i would say 
Get on your own 4G. Yes, it will hit your data package, but this is already the most expensive wank of your life. What's another 15 quid bolt on going to do? <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? Get on the phone to EE. I need a bolt on for this month. Why? Because I'm going to have a wank at a hospital. I need 4G. I, I would say you need to be clear that it's an IVF related thing. Because if you say I'm going to have a wank at a hospital, that sounds like one of the <laughs> darkest things that's ever happened. Yeah. And that's a, that's a promise. <laughs> It's not a threat, it's a promise. I would do feel sorry for people that struggle, like, you know, because you know what it's like. People have different sex drives. Some men are bigger wankers than others. So if you're not a massive wanker, right, and even when you are, it takes a long time because some all people are different. Yeah. It must be a terrible place to... I want to know. Anyone, we don't want names. I want to know if anyone works in one of these places. What's the longest it's ever took someone? What's the world record? You must have a score chart on your wall. I wonder if anyone's ever fallen asleep afterwards. <laughs> I think, though, sometimes... Well, surely there's a score chart in the office about who was the longest to have a wank, and then I forget people are professional, and I'm not. And that's the kind of thing I used to do in an office. No, but but there's that dark humour, isn't there? Like you know, when people work in like places where there's death and stuff, they make jokes about it. Yeah. So I think I think you've got to see the humorous side of your job in this situation. You've got to have like two challies, haven't you? Like the Top Gear chart, you've got to have quickest and slowest. Yeah, I'm surely. Yeah, and like a colour chart. <laughs> Going from just like, you know, white to like Neapolitan ice cream. All the, all the colours in um, there. Rob, yeah. I think we should draw a line under the wanking. I mean, yeah, I've had this conversation with my wife and mother over the last 20 years. So, sure. Um, if people want to get in touch, um, Rob has asked for a certain uh, inside knowledge from the uh, IVF yes. industry. If you have that, or if you have taken uh, any eggs on a longer journey than the journey from Kingston to uh, St. Martin's or wherever it was, uh, this is how to get in touch. Email us hello at lockdownparenting.co.uk or tweet us at lockdownparents or Instagram lockdown underscore parenting. And you can also send us stuff P.O. Box 76748 London E99DW. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Cracking guest this week, Joe Brand, an icon of comedy, I'd say, British icon. Yeah, I am loath to use the word national treasure because it gets bandied around too much, but, you know. Also, lovely lady, very funny comedian. Also, you know how someone's lovely. When my agent, who has been in the industry for 25 years, um, Joe Brand asked, doing some charity gigs for, for Joe, and then he 
replied anything for Joe Brand. Oh, so that gives you an indication. Yeah. After 25 years in the industry of what Joe Brand's like, but I'm sure he said anything for insert client name at many points for his uh, talent roster. At yeah. <laughs> different stages. Eddie Rob will do anything. Rob, any, anything, <laughs> anything, any work. For... <laughs> it's just the intonation, but I imagine he meant it in a good way. But Joe Brand's an absolutely lovely lady and very funny. Anything for Rob? Is there anything for Rob that we've got? <laughs> anything, literally anything. He'll do anything you want. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, Joe Brand, absolute diamond. Here she is. Hello, Joe Brand. How are you? Hello, I'm very good, thank you. Before we started recording there, Joe, you were saying that you're. Um, well, what is your setup at home first for the listeners with uh, children? Uh, my setup at home is that I have two teenage daughters, and uh, one is nineteen and one is seventeen. All oh, right. Okay. So. <laughs> Um, so quite intense. You you had the A level stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. One that one is um, first year at college, and the other is is sort of in between GCSEs and A levels. So she's in the first year of A levels. So she's not been touched by the hand of Satan. <laughs> she is. All right this year, yeah. All oh, right, she swerved the Gavin Williamson treatment on the Big time, big yeah. time. <laughs> um, you were just saying that you've just joined Instagram, and uh, your daughter, but your daughter's like uh, quite quite big on TikTok. Is that right? Well, she uh, she wasn't, I don't think, but uh, but and fairly recently, she's just. I think she's just found the formula that really kind of um, you know pulls people in, and I think the thing that she did that. Um, people have really loved is she, she shows a clip of someone falling off a roof in Tracy Beaker set to music. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we're all going wrong, everyone. <laughs> it's very niche, but effective. But you say very niche there, Rob, but I mean, that's half a million people she's got all having yeah. a look there. That's quite impressive, isn't it? Well, yeah. Me with my 17 women over the age of 80 who don't really know what technology is all about. So you've just started on Instagram, is that is About that two or three months ago, yeah. So what's your Instagram name, Joe? I didn't even know you was on there, can I? It is I am not Joe Brand. <laughs> you've, got, you've got 52,000 followers, Joe, which is yeah, very I good. I, well, thank you, Josh, is it? I, I, do you know what? I think you're an influencer. Oh, crikey. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure, Joe. Big pants adverts for me, then. (laughs) (laughs) Needs must in a pandemic. I'll take an advert all day. (laughs) Do you think your daughter's dropping the Joe Brand kind of, you know, saying I'm the daughter of Joe Brand on TikTok, Joe? Do you think that's the last thing She's keeping well away from that for fear of retribution. (laughs) (laughs) Could I ask, though, so, Joe, you... um, You've been in lockdown then and you've, your daughter still live with you at 17 and 19. Yes. Uh, is that like living with adults? Well, when we spoke to Jack D, he was enjoying his children being that age because he could have a beer with them and he could actually chat to them. Do you find that? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, I, I um, get on I get on really well with them. And I think the, you know, what happens with every generation is that you do the opposite of what your parents did. And um, my parents were very strict and I wasn't allowed to do anything. And consequently, I did everything at about the age of 11. And um, they threw me out at the age of 16 and we didn't speak, you know, to each other for absolutely ages, for years. And um, oh, wow. so I decided that I'd do it the other way around. And well, not exactly be, you know, ultra liberal, but just like not kind of be strict and not be forbidding and just 
talk to them about things and let them make their own decisions about, oh, I don't know, stuff on the internet and that. Because I think the irony of, of sort of adults trying to ban children watching stuff on the internet when an adult can barely press a button is ridiculous. So, <laughs> you know, unless I employed someone from MI6, I wasn't going to be getting yeah. anywhere, so I didn't bother. Um, Alison Hammond had that problem. She bought a Wi-Fi blocker for her son. Um, to stop him playing on his Xbox. And then he worked out how to do it and then just blocked all of her devices and allowed his. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a fight you want, is it, with teenagers? It's not really, you know. And they are going to get round it and they are going to sort of do what they want. So I think you just have to, you just have to trust that you brought them up not to be, you know, international master criminals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what kind of things do you, uh, have you struggled to be liberal with them with joe do you talk to them about all kinds of things and you you know are you very open with them how is that well, it, i think it kind of like i when i was um when i was a nurse i went out with this guy whose dad was a, a psychologist uh, and he kind of did mainly sort of sex type psychology you know he mm. he looked a bit like that guy who who was in the joy of sex book do you remember him yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy with the beard that looked like, why would anyone ever have sex with you, mate? Bless you. Um, <laughs> and um, so this guy was really, really embarrassed um, uh, about the fact that, you know, every bookshelf in their house was lined with books about sex and his parents were continuously harassing him to talk about sex and say what he'd done and did he enjoy it and oh, all. God, can you imagine oh, yeah. um, oh. so I've sort of laid off that and if they want to talk about it that's fine but I don't kind of pressurize them by being you know liberal mum and going oh let's all watch some porn together and see what we think <laughs> of the curtain <laughs> yeah that's quite liberal isn't it I say yeah it would be a bit yeah <laughs> Um, I don't, you said you was a bit of a tear away as a as a teenager, Joe. Is it? Is it, I, I heard this rumor about you, Joe. And I don't know if it's true or not. I've always wanted to ask. But did you, did you used to do street racing in cars? And then you'd pull up in like your car, and they'd sort of think, "Oh, she won't. That she won't be good at this." And you used to absolutely smash them. Is that true, or is that a, a mad lie on the surface? Uh, well, it's it's partially true. I once had a race from Camden um, down to the river with Mark Lamar. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> And it was really exciting. And because where were we? We were on the Holloway Road, I think. And I came up to a T junction and he went past me backwards on the main road, which was um, quite entertaining. <laughs> and um, I did I did actually beat him down to the river. He'll say that I didn't, but I did. All right. Well, that's, that's where it's come from. <laughs> Can I ask what point in you and Mark Lamar's career you were racing? I would to the say, tent? as long as there aren't any police listening in i won't pinpoint the actual day but i would imagine oh it was when um oh god we were doing like the red rose and the tnc too so i would imagine it was about five years in so i started in 1988 so it would have been 90 something right. like that and you beat him but he did have phil jupiter and sean hughes in the car which is <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> telling him what to do yeah <laughs> shouting over him as he's driving exactly but i did actually go on after that and i did get my international rally driving license as well so i did uh, sort of keep it there's up. no smoke about fire no i know i know joe i was gonna say as well like um because like you say a bit more relaxed and liberal but has there been moments when that's what you thought the kind of parents you, you were but 
actually you went a bit bit, bit farage out of nowhere. He's like, no, you can't do that. Have you ever had the moments with your daughters when they've done something where you've sort of changed slightly from that liberal stance? Oh, I'm just trying to think. What do you mean lately when they were teenagers? Yeah, because I think I have that idea that I'll be quite a chill parent and then like stuff just happens. You like, can't do that. And then before you know, you know it, you've backed yourself into a corner. I can't imagine you being a chilled parent, Rob. No, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I've started ignoring them recently when they don't leave me alone. Is that chilled or is that just bad parenting? I don't know. The difference. That's all right. But I think when they get to teenagers, the motto is lower your expectations. And so that then anything they do, which is sort of slightly outrageous, which I have to say mine... You know, they've done all the normal stuff like going out and going to parties and all that sort of thing. But they've ne- they've never done anything as bad as, as, as stuff that I did when I was a teenager. So that's the yardstick that I measure it by, really. What were the worst things that you did as a teenager, Joe? Oh, well, I, my, I mean, I took every single drug under the sun uh, a lot. And... Um, <laughs> Oh, I did, oh, what did I do? Oh, I, no, I just used to do, I used to do like stupid risky things. I used to hitchhike a lot on my own, you know, stuff yeah. like that, which people would never do now. I went out with this guy for a while who's a millionaire who, um, who like treated me really badly. So I broke into his house while he was on holiday through the dog flap, would you believe? I was quite thin then. And, um, <laughs> I stole all his pants and I burnt them in his garden on a big bonfire. Stuff like that. You know, I like a dramatic sort of, uh, you know, statement, really. Yeah, Yeah, that is quite impressive. And it's it's sort of quite, was it, do you think an attention seeking thing that you then, once you started doing comedy, you got that from an audience? Do you reckon that that was part of why you acted out like that? Well, yeah. I mean, my rather sad um, sort of, attempt at therapy is that because my dad suffered from depression I know this is like so a to b simplistic but I always thought it was about me kind of trying to make him laugh really yeah but I'm right, sure yeah. a therapist would just laugh me out of the room if I posited <laughs> that theory um, just go in pay the therapist sit down and go I've worked it out I'll just tell you what the answer yeah. is before I start this is what I think's wrong with me can I have this seven quid back <laughs> Uh, and how was it when they were younger then, Joe, as well? Like balancing, she was like, you know, such a, so successful and so busy and touring and stuff like that. How was it as like a, a working mum, essentially? Well, I think two things. First of all, uh, Bern, my husband, was at home all the time, which was brilliant, you know, because I couldn't have done it if he wasn't. Because um, I found it quite difficult kind of letting people in from outside. We never had a nanny or anything. Um, because I think, you know, when, when people sort of do know who you are, they are a bit weird with you. And, um, you know, we had one health visitor who, so weirdly, she um, she went and gossiped about me and our house and our kids and everything to someone at a party. I live in Dulwich, right? The party was in Biggin Hill, which is about 20 miles away from us. And um, the person she gossiped to by pure chance, was my sister-in-law. So oh, wow. um, I know what are the chances of that, as Harry Hill would say. Uh, 
So, you know, she got found out. and um, But it just sort of slightly put a chill through me that, that that's what people do. Or, or, you know, they'll come into your house and then burn all your pants. Those kind of people, you can't trust them, Jack, can you? Gosh, you're so right. But I never treated anyone like that guy treated me. Actually, that's not quite true. But I, I never treated them like that badly. No, yeah. that's not quite true either. But anyway, you know, I was always nice. I was. And I'd say, Joe, like as kind of someone who's observed your career for since kind of the mid 90s, your persona has changed. You know, you were quite a kind of deadpan comic when you started out. And now you're kind of, you know, you present the Bake Off Extra Slice, Joe. Do you think that's kind of closer to yourself as a parent? Uh, oh, God, yeah, definitely. I've certainly never do deadpan with the kids. And I don't try, I don't try not to do jokes either because that's. Oh, the worst thing you can do. But no, what what I'm like now is far more what I'm like as a person, really, I think, probably, yeah. yeah. I don't do the man-hating thing with my husband that often either. <laughs> it, it must be weird for the, the, if, when you are sort of more deadpan. Like Ramesh, for example, I've I've been with like him and his kids and stuff and like just chilling out. And like if he tells them not to do something, he tells them in the same way as he would go, oh, well done. Because he's the way he delivers everything. <laughs> really? Same. And even I've known him 10 years, and I still can't work out if he's happy with what's going on. And so his kids look at him, they're telling him off, and they're like, is this a bit, or are you just telling me off? I don't know what's going on here. But Maybe yeah. that's quite a good tactic to use. I'd never thought of doing that. but um, Just confuse them into good behaviour. He was a teacher as well, wasn't he? And I, I think teachers yeah. that are sarcastic are always a bit frightening. Yeah, well, my, my wife was a teacher, and some, occasionally she will tell me off in a teacher voice. And oh, it's Lord. humiliating. It's really, yeah. it's an awful <laughs> dynamic. In using old old jobs, have you ever used any of your psychiatric nurse training as a parent, Joe? Well, yes, I think I probably have. Because the big thing about, like, psychiatric nursing, really, is um, because I worked in a very high kind of, you know, um, it was a very high potential for sort of violence and uh, people getting out of control because it was an emergency clinic. I, I think that the one thing that I that I learned to do was to, at all costs, keep calm and pretend you don't care. That's actually quite good for comedy as well. Yeah. Um, and if you look as if you don't care, people genuinely think you don't, you know. So whenever there were kind of tantrums when they were small, when they were much smaller, when they're like two or three, you know, I never ever let it kind of sort of get out of control with me because I just think that made things 10 times worse. And I've seen parents do it really, lose it. I saw one today in a restaurant and they properly like the kid lost it, but then the mum started properly arguing with him and it just, it just made it worse and worse and worse. I'm not going to lie to you though. It was a great watch. Yes, I bet it was. <laughs> Oh, yeah. When your kids behaving and they're kicking off, it's absolute gold, isn't it? It's a dream. <laughs> but it's, it's the summer holidays as well. Coming off the back of lockdown with the summer holidays and, you know, the fear of potentially schools not starting again, that puts a lot of pressure on parents when they're working and stuff like that. And I imagine, Joe, how was it for you as well? Like, I know Burn was at home a lot, but, like, did you get home late and then get up in the morning to try and see the kids and stuff? Because, like, you know, it's hard when you get home late touring. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, I did all the time. I mean, for, you know, for five years, I probably got roughly three hours sleep a night. Yeah. Um, and you just kind of get used to that in the end. You know, it was it was all right, really. It was fine. And also, I actually really did sort of think about what work I did. I never did anything where I had to go away from home for very long. 
And mm. um, when I used to tour, I used to, I can't believe I did this now, but I used to come home every night. Oh, I know. Wow, that is insane. The best bit of touring is not coming home, Joe. <laughs> what are you doing? I know it is. I, I don't know. I just kind of thought... I can't, I can't do that. You know, I never did more than one night anywhere. And I think the oh, furthest wow. I went was uh, Newcastle. That's quite a long way home. Oh, um, yeah. And actually one night um, when Eliza, my youngest, was really, really young, I flew up to Edinburgh in the afternoon. And then after the, it was a TV thing. Uh, when that finished at half 10, I got someone to drive me home. <laughs> and oh, I got oh, in at man. half four in the morning. And I can remember, like, the front door opening and Byrne just, like, handing her over to me because she was oh. screaming her head off. And, <laughs> oh, no. And the poor thing, he'd just been up all night with us. So, yeah, anyway, those are the days. Yeah, I mean, I remember having an argument with um, Lou about, like, a similar sort of scenario like that when she just went to hand me the baby. And then she was going, but you get to sit in a car for two hours driving somewhere. And I was like, oh, my God. What is our life when that's a good point? <laughs> like that's the thing the people in the relationship are jealous about the commute. But it's so true, though. I mean, you, I know. you must do that as well. You keep that sort of tally in your head of right yeah, down to the last second of how long they've sort of you know done done their sort of child duty and how long you've done. And if it's half an hour more than them yeah. a day you're like right at the start we said to each other we will never argue about who's the most tired okay because someone might be but it's not going to help it's only going to so we're just never we're just going to be both tired like that and it was in the shots and Lou was desperate to have a row with me she went oh, I did this and I did this I went no we said we'll never make who's the most tired a competition she went it's not a competition but if it was I'd fucking win <laughs> I tell you what, go for a coffee and I'll have the kid for a bit. (laughs) With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! So how old are your Yours are both pretty young, aren't they? So mine's how, how old? two and a half. Oh, yeah. wow. And I've got two and a half and four and oh, a half. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, my sympathies. Because you had two girls two years apart, didn't you? Did they bond and play together or were they quite separate? Because I think it goes one or two ways, can't it, with siblings? Yeah, absolutely. No, they bonded, thank thank the Lord. And, um, uh, you know, I would have had them closer together because, like, when I had Maisie, I was 43, and I, I kind of thought, oh, Christ, me poor, tired old womb's not going to manage another one at this age. <laughs> So I tried to do it like straight away and it wasn't as quick as I thought it would be. Because I always remember, um, do you know that singer Macy Gray? How how many days are you singing straight away, Joe? How how quickly were you singing? God, as quickly as I could. I mean, they are actually, (laughs) what are they, 20 months apart, which is like quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, I was really admired. Macy Gray had two children within the same calendar year. And I always, yeah, I know. God almighty. I always really admired that though. That's yeah. a, that is commitment, isn't it? That it is. is. I so there's a comic I know uh, who's got kids very close to each other. Not not quite Macy Gray, but closer Macy Gray than you. Joe. 
I mean, let's use Basie Gray as a benchmark. Let's I'm use sure Basie Gray as a benchmark. People will send in other famous people that yeah, have had children, including funny. twins. We need to know with like a Top Gear board who's above Macy Goes it goes Macy Gray, Joe Brand, who's number one. That's let's three. not rule out Macy Gray as just a long, a long labour of twins. Like... <laughs> oh, absolutely. I try and say goodbye. <laughs> It's not for one, Macy. <laughs> no, but I've got a, a friend, and he's got kids. Not almost. He'd be between you and Macy Gray, Joe. Oh, and oh, right. He was like, "Yeah, it was just an accident, really." And I was thinking, "Mate, I didn't come close to that accident. We weren't, we weren't close to having that accident." If I'm honest with you. Wow, <laughs> tough choice of words there, Josh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I didn't come close to that accident. Um, I... <laughs> Um, so Macy Gray, Macy Gray and Joe Brand at the, the turn. Yeah, do write in. Do write yeah. in. I'm going to find myself right at the end, aren't I? And people go, 20 months. That's pathetic. Um, <laughs> I, I, I accept that. But you've got to add my age in there, you know, that I was panicking. I think we need some sort of, like, equation that, you know, the time between the kids, but also the age of the mother yes, does indeed. impact on the turnaround time. Absolutely. Also, while while we're here, can I just say one thing that's always really impressed me? It's like my mum lives in Ludlow in Shropshire, mm. and there's a there's a family in Ludlow. Um, she's a social worker uh, in child protection. Uh, this is not a child protection issue. Well, it might be because there was a family in Shropshire, and they had this couple had twenty two children. Right? Oh, oh, and so it's oh. two football teams, which means that you can actually kind of. Um, <laughs> But apparently they got a letter of congratulation from the Pope. So <laughs> I was wow. very impressed all round with that, really. 22. I know. Imagine the cost. I know that's not the thing to think about. but, no, imagine, but... imagine Easter. Imagine the Easter eggs. A bit like a warehouse. Of <laughs> Rob, Rob, you're not focusing on the big... You're not focusing on Christmas. That's not far worse. <laughs> And how much time did you have off work, Joe, before you went back gigging? Because, as you know, with stand-up comedy, you get rusty so quick. And in this pandemic of just five months off, I just was so, like, stressed and worried about it. And But you forget that, you know, all female comedians, if they're having kids, go through that. And then they've got to try and, and everyone else has been gigging. What, how did you feel about that, of trying to, like get rid of that rust and get back into the swing of it? Well, interestingly, I I think I was off for about five months and then I got offered um, a thing called Fame Academy for Comic Relief, right? Well, you don't turn down the big jobs, do you, Jai? That's the thing. Well, I tell you, the really interesting thing about it was at the same time I got offered Trini and Susanna right after it and if I hadn't got chucked out of Fame Academy on the day that I did, I wouldn't have been able to do Trini and Susanna and segueing into that just like opened so many doors for me and kind of, yeah. you know, got me back on that the That was horse, like a kind of iconic were. thing you did, the Trini and Susanna. That was like an amazing kind of like, I really remember you being on that. So you were you were just five months into being a mother at that point. I was, and I was. Do- I remember doing Fame Academy, and Bernd was driving up every day uh, with Eliza, who's uh, the seventeen-year-old, to so that I could uh, breastfeed like round the back at Fame Academy, and then taking her home again. It was all pretty. I don't like to think about it really. It was all stressful, but um, yeah. yeah, there we go. But I imagine it gave you some- when like. Richard Park was criticising your singing. You're thinking, you didn't give a fucking shit, mate. I'm up till 3am. <laughs> no, absolutely. I know. <laughs> I just want to 
on a bit of fucking work party. Give me a chance. Been out of the game for five months. I think the thing is, I mean, my my sort of um, motto over the years, really, with having kids and that, has been what pays the most for the shortest amount of time. And um, what, who was that? Who, there was some critic that used to really slag me off and he basically said in one review um he said oh joe brand has done every piece of shit program going and (laughs) i'm not going to complain about that because he's absolutely right you know periods (laughs) of time i did because i just wanted to maximize my earnings in the shortest amount of time so i could just get back home and lie face down on the bed Um, and goes to sleep for two days. Often when you talk to people that have got two kids, they're like very different characters, but are they similar characters? And are they, can you see, your, what can you see of yourself in them? Oh, they're totally different, which I really like, you know. Um, um, I think the youngest, Eliza's probably more like me, whereas Maisie is, is I'm very envious of Maisie, the oldest, because she's kind of calm and she's almost like, you know, she's almost like a sort of little kind of, little kind of centre of calm that wanders around and everyone goes, oh, it's Maisie, and calms down. Oh, I do the opposite of that to people. (laughs) So, uh, you know, so it's lovely having a daughter like that. It's really nice. Well, yeah, like you say, a different sort of energy than you, which is, you know, a bit more, I think people are a bit more, I think people are quite intimidated by you. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I think, well, just because you're really, you're, you're such a, yeah, I'd say like an iconic figure of British comedy. Like Joe, everyone knows who Joe Brand is, and it's sort of it's like the same as when I like, first met Vic Reeves. Like, oh my god, it's Vic Reeves. It's sort of these real heroes of comedy when you first started to see it on TV, you know, as a, as a kid and stuff. I'm really shit at taking compliments, but thank you very much anyway. But what I would say is all acting the whole lot. Uh, as it was when I was a nurse, you know. And I think if you act that you don't care and you just say what you want, people kind of think, oh, blimey. But actually, I'm really not like that at all. But I quite enjoy acting it sometimes when people are winding me up. (laughs) (laughs) How how was, like, parents' evening and stuff like that? Because I imagine if you're, you know, giving bad feedback on Joe Brand's kids, I'd, I'd find that quite a scary prospect how, how was that well you know again it was just sort of I tried to to kind of be like a different person really with all that sort of thing I mean I think when you're a parent and you're kind of a recognizable person off the telly or whatever it is you can go one of two ways and you can either immerse yourself in the whole school community and then everyone um, gets to know you you know and my my thing was always I'm going to be there so often that they'll be bored shitless with me after six months and yeah and, and no one will care you know whereas if you're kind of woman of mystery and you turn yeah. up occasionally in a pink Rolls Royce looking like Lady <laughs> Penelope <laughs> you know there it's going to be yeah. like really really weird so I just got stuck in and, and with the the girls at, at their secondary school I was a, I was a governor there for five years and I used to do like a lot of public events and that and help out at all the fairs and the Christmas yeah. stuff so oh, you know they were gosh. fed up with me really whenever I hear someone saying they're the governor I just think they had a fight with everyone and beat everyone <laughs> I, was, I went in told up showed them who was boss yeah, well, I, up the governor. <laughs> I find it quite interesting to talk to people who've had their kids you know the whole way through to the end of being a teenager what were the kind of 
stages you found the easiest and the most difficult? Well, I think one of the most difficult things with with your kids for me, because it's just painful, really, is their friendships and, um, you know, the sort of low level bullying that goes on that I don't know why I'd either forgotten it or not experienced it. But I mean, because they're both girls, I find I find kind of groups of girls at school, they can be like so um, difficult to manage really because they're so unpredictable and they will do this thing of of just pushing someone out of the group for absolutely no reason at all they do it to everyone it seems like they have a rotor for it but <laughs> there's nothing more painful I don't think though you know than your kids being the one that it happens to yeah. and trying you know trying to sort of hold back because basically uh, you know I'm the sort of person that wants to go around to someone's house and set yeah. fire to it but yeah obviously not really allowed so no, trying to get through the dog flap again <laughs> yeah, exactly. and burn all their pants that's yeah. the main approach I know that when you even you talking about that then I felt like a, a rage and fever go through my body that like I would need to kill someone just and even if it wasn't about my daughter but that feeling of being powerless that that's happening to your daughter must be so horrible well it's so hard and I think some parents don't manage it you know and mm-hmm. um well my dad was a bit <laughs> was a bit like that I mean thankfully I, I didn't get bullied at school but he did used to sort of go off at the slight at the drop of a hat and so I'm quite glad that we've never done that I mean although there was obviously good reason sometimes I think but you know you just have to hold back because it's more embarrassing for you to go and confront someone's parent than to actually just leave it you know yeah because it really is. If they're doing that to them, you just want you need to give them a wide berth and swerve them. You don't want them to be your friends if they're treating you like that. I think sometimes we go, "You got to go in." She's not being their friend anymore. And you go, "Like, well, that sort of that bridge is burnt, essentially, hasn't it? Really?" Yeah, exactly. You just got to be there for all the fallout that happens. Really. Yeah. Oh God, I'm dreading it. I'm absolutely. It is, dreading it's it. not. It's not easy sometimes, but you know, at least the one thing is that every parent is you're all in the same boat, unless you're the parent of the kid that's really horrible. And yeah. I'm sure that neither of you will be. Oh. No. I, I, find, I think that's worse. When my daughter was at nursery, and obviously there's lots of biting at nursery, yeah. So it was the end of the day and we were picking her up and they kind of came over to us with a, an incident form. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, she's going to have bitten someone. And when they revealed she'd been bitten, I felt like I'd won the lottery. The relief. <laughs> That she wasn't the biter. Oh, was like, so mine, mine got bit. Excellent. Yes, get in. Come on. I'm cool. Oh, thank God. So, yeah. God, she's been bitten. Yeah. Thank right. God I'm breeding a victim rather than a bully. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. I mean, it is. It's better for them not to be the bully. Yeah. I mean, in an ideal world, I don't want my daughter be, to be bitten. No, but no, obviously. I, I'd rather her be bitten than buy it, especially with the genetics she's inherited. That could take an arm off. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be a biter with these. It's like, you know, it's like when uh, someone from the army has a fight in the pub. It's a, it's a classified <laughs> deadly weapon. He's not, like, he can't do that. He's got training. And what did you find easiest that you, you were worried about, Joe? Is there anything that you sort of dreaded a little bit and, and it actually was not as painful as you imagined? Well, I suppose that I dreaded the changeover from primary school to secondary school mm. um, because that is like such a shock to the system because, you know, you have so much more control with primary school 
and you're kind of outside the gate, you sort of, until they get a little bit older, you're walking in with them most mm. days and you've got, you've got a feel of what's going on. At secondary school, suddenly it all changes and you haven't got a clue what's going on, you know. Mm. And and they don't want you to come within sort of two miles of them at any point during the day. <laughs> and they even want you to say when you're coming in, if you're coming in to see someone, so they can go, they can be out of the way in the toilet so they don't even have to see you and acknowledge <laughs> your existence. Oh. Oh, because is there is that? I, I feel like your daughters are coming out of that period. I imagine that there's that fallow period between sort of about thirteen and seventeen, where they just don't want any any relationship with their parents whatsoever. Almost, they just want to hide in their rooms and see their mates. Was that is that what you found? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And thank God they are out of that now. You know, I mean, they weren't horrible, but they were just so embarrassed. I will say the one thing I really loved as well when especially when they're at primary school, and I would really recommend it, is going on school trips with them. Oh, just wow. going ah. on a couple. They, I had such a laugh. Um, and also the thing I really liked was you really get to know the other kids in their class if you go on a school trip, which you just don't really. I thought um, you were yeah. going to say, the thing I really liked is I got to make my own Roman coin as well. It was a really great day out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I learned so much. My One of my favourites was we went to these caves in Dover and one of the parents dressed up as a Nazi parachutist. <laughs> and oh, we God. all had to go into the caves um, and find him and arrest him. And um, I had this one kid, bless her, she was really, really scared holding my hand. And we were like in the caves in the dark and she went, are we going to be killed? (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not, it's fine. (laughs) Bless her, you know. She just obviously got really into it. And I also went to France for a few days and that was amazing as well. So, yeah, I definitely recommend that. Oh, right. Because I think that's the kind of thing I'd be sort of anxious about doing, especially if you're sort of a, a bit known. But I imagine, like you say, if you throw yourself into it, it's like anywhere. They just get so bored of you. Yeah, absolutely. And if they can just see that you're prepared to get stuck in like everyone else. Yeah. You, know, the, well, you get a runner, don't you? There's a runner doing a lot of that and a producer with you, isn't there? <laughs> yes. And a, yeah, a butler as well. Yeah. And a driver. <laughs> Um, oh, because oh. oh, yeah, it was South London as well that they went to school. That is quite a scary jump to secondary school in South London. You know, did, did you ever consider moving anywhere else or out to the countryside and stuff like that? Because a lot of people have kids in London, and when they that get is, older, that is a question straight from Rob's heart. I imagine. The well, way no, it's just a lot that. of my. I'm, I went to school in South East London, and it, when I meet people and speak to people that went to school in like different areas, even just like in Reading or just not that, or like just a little bit further out, they had such a different experience. So like, I remember kids coming up to school with weapons and dirt bikes going across the grass, trying chasing people and all stuff like that. And I tell Love. people about this and they're just like, what? Your example of the picturesque countryside is Reading. What, <laughs> 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 what I'm saying is, not even that far out and it was karma. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not an evacuee. <laughs> They sent me a bloody slough. Yeah, my my uh, my mum and dad moved moved us out to the country when when I was about four. Oh, right. And um, no, it was a tiny little village in Kent called Benenden, where there was a very posh girls' school that Princess Anne went to. But I didn't go there. We just got to go to the um, go up there in the summer when they're on holiday and have a little whittle in the swimming pool just to <laughs> make our minor protest. But um, 
Uh, yeah, but I think these days, actually, I mean, London's such a brilliant place for kids, in my opinion. Yeah. So we didn't bother to move, really. And there's loads of stuff for them to do in the country. It's like one bus a day. You're like a cab driver driving them everywhere, you know. And it's just not worth it anymore. No, no, I, I totally agree. Because, you know, all that would happen is the kids just want to move straight back into to London and stuff like that because what's going, all the stuff that's going. Yeah. But, uh, but you yeah. know, it's just because it is, it is and, uh, it's not until you look back and you realise, Oh, you know my school. Look, look, what kind of stuff that happened at my school? Oh, it's just, it's just crazy. In Reading. It wouldn't have happened. It, in Reading. Reading. Oh, not the glory is in Reading. <laughs> oh, it's like the famous five over there. <laughs> you know, playing, skipping stones across the M4, stuff like that. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful countryside. <laughs> Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Oh, thank you. No, it's been lovely. Thank you. It's been a right love. And, um, you know, I hope to see you on a show. And when I see you on a show, I'll think, is she here because it's good money for little work? That'll be the big question. Yeah, well, you know, let's see what it is. <laughs> Antiques Roadshow or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Effort to cash ratio. Effort to Absolutely. cash ratio. Thanks, Joe. You've been amazing. Thank you. Cheers, mate. All right. Thanks a lot. Joe Brand is such a nice person, isn't she, Rob? She's very lovely, and also as well, she's a woman of many talents. She's she's a streetcar racer, Josh. Yeah, she's got a rally license. She absolutely smashed Mark Lamar into oblivion on the Camden to the River route. So much he has not appeared in the British public for twenty three <laughs> years. That's that's the kind of shellacking. <laughs> That she gave Lamar. And Lamar, if you're listening, come on, defend yourself. Yeah. Sure. Um, I can almost guarantee he's not listening. Um, he's probably <laughs> listening to some B side of a shit album. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's great, Joe. She's so refreshing, like, to, to hear yeah. her talk about that. And I do think that is a bit of a uh, pattern, isn't it? People that were naughty as kids are a bit more relaxed, and then their kids don't need to sort of go mad with the rules. It's always the kids with really strict parents that went mental, I found. Yeah. Totally. All the ones with parents that just didn't care. But if you're somewhere in the middle, you'll normally be all right. Yeah. I think the thing with Joe is you're listening to it going, oh, I bet you, I would like you as a mum. Do you know what I mean? I'd be, I'd absolutely, I'm going to say it, Rob. Make your decision now. Of all the episodes we've done, who do you want as your mum and dad? Um, oh. I'm going to, going to go for Ellis and Joe Brand. I mean, Ellis as your dad, just from work all sepic. He's an animal for it. But it's got to be Johnny Ross for me as dad. And uh, a mum. Um, I mean, yeah, it's got Joe Brand. Joe Brand's got Daisy May Cooper. Just, just because if you didn't do a shit and put a flag in it, she'd love you for it. Do you know what I mean? She's got different expectations. But yeah, Joe Brand. Are you are you saying you prefer Joe Brand to your own parents? Is no, but we haven't interviewed them yet. They haven't got enough public profile. Well, my parents, I've always not let them do anything because they get too comfy too quick. And before I know it, I'll be sent on a round-the-world trip with them, like Ramesh and Ruffin Island. <laughs> but I'm doing a TV show at the moment where we interviewed my parents. So oh, they yeah. are semi-unleashed on the British public. So maybe we could interview our parents. Yeah. That'd be an interesting one, wouldn't it? Yeah, if we run out of guests. <laughs> Oh, mate, that's set up. Trying to get my 76-year-old dad to try and plug a <laughs> USB mic in without screaming <laughs> at the computer. And then we'd have to, I haven't even got a computer. They'll try and do it off their Kindle. And you know what? My big regret of this um, big regret of this podcast is I wish we'd set a recording from the off for everyone. I'd love to put out for Christmas a one-hour supercut of all of our guests trying to get their microphones to work. It's my favourite <laughs> thing when you can hear the person have to get their kid on to help them uh, wire yeah. up the mic. That's the best <laughs> we, moment. You know what? We, Joe Brand screamed in, Maisie! 
Amazing. Come in. Amazing. <laughs> oh, um, brilliant. Joe Brand, what a guest. Thank you to Joe. Um, if you have any celebrities who've got kids closer together than Macy Gray, yeah, uh, that we can plot on our chart. Or, or so let's do a celebrity version and non-celeb version. So if you've had kids quicker than that, let us know. Obviously, yeah. twins excluded. Um, but we will give our honourable mentions for the longest gap between twins. Yeah, so that's what we're after. Honourable yeah. mention for the longest gap between twins. Have you got any twins that, were born, that have got different birthdays? Oh, I'm sure. There's some. I've seen them before. 99 and 2000. Imagine it. Oh, A different millennium. Yes, please. How did you bring in the millennium? Oh, my word. What a, what a story that <laughs> mum's got. Yeah, I left the millennium the same way as I started it, banging out kids because <laughs> I'm a breeder. <laughs> um, get in touch and this is how. Email us hello at lockdownparenting.co.uk or tweet us at lockdownparents or Instagram lockdown underscore parenting. And you can also send us stuff P.O. Box 76748, London E99DW. Thank you for listening. Do you want to say uh, anything else, Rob? Just goodbye? Oh, just goodbye. And uh, we'll be catching up with you later in the week. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Josh. Things aren't going well in my life. That's um, good. You know, at the start of this podcast, it was an absolute mess. I felt like it leveled out. It started getting better. But school holidays are hits. And it's, it's just an absolute shit show. So Brilliant. I'll be filling you in on that. Friday will be a treat. See you then. Thank you.